Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30-Minute Hustle Podcast. It's the power of long-term thinking, right? I think inevitably we're not taught that or let's say even compounding, right? We, we can see it on paper, we can see it with money, but it's all the more difficult to achieve in personal life. And I wouldn't have been able to speak with much confidence about it either unless I realized it, right? So, I mean, uh, with the podcast for the first six months, I have maybe one or two unicorns on the show. In, in the last six, I've got 15, 20, right? So, I mean, that just tells you, uh, I mean, again, getting the kind of guess being a pseudo metric of how the podcast is done, that tells me how it's just compounded well. And I couldn't have thought about it the first day, but I wish I knew better where I could have. So ideally, now I know that if I do this for the next five years, where can I take this, right? And that becomes incredibly important because I feel we're conditioned to go after things that give us, uh, like in a world of instant gratification, we just want to go after things that get done very easily. We can see the results of the most difficult things are ones where you have to continuously be at it only to wait for the results which compound over a period of time. Hey everybody, today is a very special episode for us. Our guest Junraj is the host and the founder of India's top-rated podcast, The Indian Silicon Valley. This conversation today is extremely personal for me. I've been looking up to Junraj's work since day zero. His work has helped me and thousands of his followers. So Junraj has hosted some of India's best founders, investors and domain experts. And today we understand his journey, the lessons he learned from hosting, the power of trying, compounding and storytelling. Let's start this podcast with one of Junraj's quote. If you never start, you'll never know. Thanks for tuning into the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. We love you all. Let's start with you. Give us your background and what led you to what you are today right now. But, uh, I come from a very simple background in the sense that, you know, all throughout growing up, it was more like, okay, can uh, you get to the next point and have those, you know, like, can you study well? Can you get like a good job? And those were the things that I used to always think about. But then in class 11 and 12, like uh, I studied in the same school and, and college and it was a Jesuit institution. So we learned a lot about discipline and everything. But beyond academics, I was a science student in 11 and 12 and I wanted to go to the IIT path. Early on, I realized that, okay, that's not me, right? Because I couldn't get into that rat race. I loved science for what it is. I still continue to because of the logic uh, that extends from the discipline. But it was not, not me to get a part of the rat race. And that somehow did not work. Uh, for good for or for bad, I think the time will tell. But I think what the good part that happened is in that I became a captain of my house in school and that, you know, drove me to a different world because it'd be tough to imagine. And when I meet my, you know, childhood friends, I often tell them that they cannot believe me, believe I'm a podcaster who's maybe, you know, done around hundred odd episodes as of now, because I was never that kid. Right. But then something happened. I led a, I led a house in school, which is a prestigious thing, learned a lot about things beyond academics. And then from science, I shifted to commerce. Uh, and I went to a college where I studied finance, uh, there too, I always wanted to, I think, punch above my weight and try to do different things, right? Because I was maybe never content or anything of the kind of still, still I'm not. And I think that continued to drive me and long story short, um, I try to keep, stay curious about most things and try to experiment because conventionally what was being taught was not as great as I felt I wanted to do. So, I mean, a combination of many things coming around was, you know, gave birth to, let's say, Ace Humans, which is an initiative I started while still in college. Uh, that was phenomenal. Something very similar to what you are trying to do. I spoke to uh, Olympians, spoke to scientists, spoke to artists, spoke to actors, uh, and it was in phenomenally fantastic to understand those stories, learn from them personally, and then be able to give back in some shape or form by democratizing those stories to a larger base of audience. Uh, while that was very broad, uh, what eventually started to happen is, uh, while I did all of these things, I wanted to start you know, a business by myself. And coming from a non-technical background, since I couldn't code per se, right, I did not have the technical skills to start something, I realized, okay, what's the next best way? The next best way would be either to work at some place, which I was doing, but I also wanted to learn, which is when, you know, I, I started listening to the 20 minute VCs of the world. I loved it, right? I still continue to, I think there's no two ways about how amazing they are, but still, I mean, it was not contextual if you come to it, right? Because as a 21 year old in the ecosystem who wants to learn about building a business, 
and you know just wants to get knowledge uh, i don't have as many resources i mean a lot of people are doing a great job at spreading knowledge but what i wanted was you know a second level of content which is let's say more in depth insights learnings and understand how founders really build companies and so eventually you know followed my curiosity as naive as it was i figured that you know this would help uh, me it would help people around me and thankfully i did not think it through because uh, too much thinking could have led to paralysis i probably would have never started right but then uh, i thank my stars to have started the podcast because what it's given me is an avenue to express myself to learn from the best of the folks in the ecosystem and in the process just ensure that the entrepreneurs of tomorrow can also learn from such a rich repository of learnings right so i think that in a nutshell is how all of this panned out but it's been phenomenal fantastic and i really thank your stars for that as well because i've learned a lot from it and you know it's the same and so i just want to what does your childhood like you know what yeah. was your support system like at home be it, be at home or your school like yeah. who do you go back to most to and what is your support system growing up to be where you are today and growing up i think i i feel very fortunate to have come from a family where everybody has been supportive so i'm the youngest child in the family we're a family of four my parents my young, uh, my elder sister and myself uh, i was that pampered kid who was allowed to do everything and anything uh, thankfully i used to you know uh, it was simple like get good grades uh, uh, try to come home on time and ensure that you know you're studying hard giving in uh, all you have and then the the point where i realized you know that my support system was great is that i don't think i was questioned or i was doubted at any point where i made some dire choices right because choosing science uh, well by my parents did not come from that background or my sister was sort of a bold decision a uh, leaving science was another bold one after having you know chosen to do that uh, then uh, after college i got a job and uh, i left that for a early stage company that was again a, a bold decision Uh, starting the podcast uh, i'm sure not everybody could make sense of it right because at the time when you start something is probably nothing right uh, and it's difficult to find those early believers but it's never been the case with my parents with my sister they've always trusted me with what i want to do and i feel very fortunate and in fact i didn't have any limitation either so i feel very glad that you know that could happen so i speak from a com- point of comfort right so that's the caveat there uh, that we were decently like we had a roof we had food so we could afford to do all of this so at always stands but i think uh, the short answer there is i'm incredibly thankful to my parents because they gave me the room to just grow myself in ways that i wanted to command and that is a superpower almost right because if you can have that freedom and if you can leverage that well enough i think that gives you a lot of contentment satisfaction more than anything else because the results outcomes are almost dependent on so many variables which you may not be able to control but i guess uh, the fact that you can take advantage of the independence that you get uh, is one of the best things we can do to ourselves so i i i suppose that's that's how it's been fantastic and you know like go, you know i was just doing a lot of background research on you for some time now right like so there's some yeah. talking going on so i saw a lot of comments on linkedin and reviews on linkedin and you know how mm. you're such a passionate person during college as well and i saw mm-hmm. a lot of comments from your professors so as anyone uh, influenced to uh, to be like this or do you have a special relationship with your mentors or professors yeah. in college and tell us about your mentors who you look up to and professors maybe like Tell yeah. us about that. I know. I think you know this has been a late realization for me in life, wherein I have started to now really gather this more deliberate support system beyond my family, right? Because I think that's so important, and as a learning that's come through the podcast also. Because truth be told, I think founders do the miraculous task of just always punching above their weight, being in that you know hustle and. pulling off incredible things and the way they're able to pull that off is also by virtue of just having this incredible uh, kind of people around right so i think for me uh, while still in college i think uh, i had this vice principal who was very supportive of what i did and college was this playing ground for me where i experimented a lot because it always felt like it was conventional in nature i was also in a jesuit college so everything was very administration led very bureaucratic in nature but i felt that you know i felt the need to go out of my way i started three uh, uh, 
campus clubs, right? And that was like a very unique playing ground because I was like, okay, I learned so much there. And then everybody supported me along the way. So uh, nobody in specific, but definitely that one vice principal who was very, very impactful and just like trusting me, right? So that show of trust becomes very important. Now, so like, you know, when I've been doing the podcast and why virtue of the guests I've hosted, some beyond that as well at work, I found these people whom I can resort to with different avenues of my life. If, if it's personal, if it's professional, if it's a growth oriented, if it's a, a something that requires, you know, some more amount of knowledge for the future, anything of the kind, just surround myself with people that are amazing in nature. I mean, they, they say that you are, you know, let's say the sum average of the five people you surround yourself with. I don't think that could be more true. And I've tried to be more deliberate about it. I think it's one thing to just know that exists, one thing to be just natural about it. But if you could be deliberate about it, I think it can just change the game. So I think uh, that's been one of the other factors and shout out to like just uh, very good. the founder of traction is somebody i've looked up to for a while and kaushik uh, and a bunch of others like i had akash who was uh the founder of another podcast called dcvc and he helped me out a lot during my early days of starting the podcast and even when i was trying to understand about the startup ecosystems i mean these folks and uh, a lot of it so i think uh, the overall crux there is I think everyone should have that support system around that. And it doesn't have to be the, you know, you don't have to look out beyond your comfort zone for it. They probably just exist, right? You just have to just be more deliberate about planning it out better. Yeah. And recently in one of your podcasts, I I forgot the guest name that you had a conversation around how a company as a board, as a person, you need to have a board. And that hit me in the right spot, right? Like, because I've been doing that all this while and questioning myself, okay, I have this problem in life. Who do I go to? I can open up my personal space. Too. Like I, I open up a lot of things with my co-host Janish here. So having a personal board of mentors really does work. And deliberately going after that is something that I've been working on recently. Very well. What was your foundation genesis of what was your aha moment when it came to telling stories, bringing information out? When did that all start? Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, one thing that comes to mind is I was giving this speech in my class seven and I forgot I'd learned that speech because I was so scared of giving that speech, right? Uh, and part of that was I forgot a word and I remember distinctly that when I forgot a line of thought, I closed my eyes and I was on stage. So my friends pointed it out to me post that speech. So long story short, there is, you know, I was pretty scared. But what I realized is that I always resorted to great curated content to grow myself. And so as a factor of that, I always wanted to be a part of it naturally more. Then I started at TEDx in college. When I realized that after the event, I could absorb everything, but I could not spend time on the thing I love the most, which is to, you know, curate in-depth content because as a natural part of the process of conducting the event, I was involved with a lot of administrational overhead, a lot of operational overhead. But what boiled down the most was what I genuinely loved was just sitting down with somebody, brainstorming about their journey and diluting, filtering rather, the best parts of what could inspire or make somebody learn from, right? And that was, I think, a superpower because I truly believe that stories can change the world. It takes probably a five-minute line of thought from somebody to change your perspective, another 10 minutes to change the course of a journey. And if, if it's that powerful, how can you curate it in the best possible manner? Because it's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to say it well enough or rather not well enough to position it well enough that somebody can understand it. And I felt that is where, you know, a culmination of all of these experiences where I was consuming a lot of content and then I was creating it made me want to realize what the impact of this could be. And I set out on that journey because every time I've thought about the podcast or Ace Humans also, it was very common knowledge that whenever somebody would ask me, right, I used to always ask myself, is one person going to benefit from it? Right. Because if you can impact one person also, I think that's a that's 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 a superpower. Right. Because I mean, what we're asking, you know, as podcast hosts right here is to ask people for, let's say, time and their effort. And that probably is the most treasured commodity in today's day and age. Right. We're not asking for money uh, and they're not paying for this, but we are asking for their time. So when somebody tunes into this podcast with 30 minutes, 
if they're not driving the value, maybe we're not doing justice to it, right? And I would always think of it that way. And so if somebody is giving us time, is it would be my duty to kind of just like ensure I can curate the best kind of content. And that kind of drove me because I used to look at it from a consumer standpoint. I used to be like, okay, if I'm consuming to something, I have literally, uh, you know, listened to podcasts, taking aggressive notes, then, you know, built out, out from it. And then they just actioned it. So I know the kind of impact it's made on me. It's probably made me the person it has. And that's when I realized if I can be the enabler for somebody else to do this, I think that uh, brings an immense joy and immense satisfaction. And that's why I keep uh, doing what I do and like to, I'd like to do it. I, I hope forever or at least for the foreseeable future, for sure. That's beautiful. Um, so Jivraj, you know, we love that the way and, and the energy that you put into your podcast and how it inspires people. But, you know, we love talking about what inspires you. Uh, what kind of stories inspire, what kind of people inspire you? I think I've always been driven by the stories where, you know, somebody's gone out there. I think knowledge, effort, perseverance into things which is against conventional wisdom and just broken the chain to produce uh, immaculate value. I think that's been my guide. And I've, you know, I, I can probably narrate the entire Steve Jobs story or a uh, or a social network, right? Because I think uh, I, I just grown to love these folks who have done the unachievable, right, in some shape or form. And that's been you know, what I've always strived to achieve because as a way to consume content, I started to like, you know, witness journeys of companies. So if you were to ask me most company stories, I'd be able to tell you because it's just been so inspiring, not because that's created, you know, value in a capitalist world, but I think just like people who are able to build something from scratch are just uniquely poised to envision things and execute, which is the best possible combination, right? Which is one thing to think, we all have ideas. It's one thing to execute. We're all executing, but there's probably only one Mark Zuckerberg, right? And that or something of the kind, right? A, a multiple variations of that has always inspired me. So, so what I thoroughly believe in is that I, I never felt myself to be a talented kid, but I've always felt myself to be somebody who will follow through on something. So I think being inspired from the fact that you don't need to be the most uh, talented, fortunate, uh, privileged kid. You you need to be the guy who can follow through on what he or she stands for. And if you can be that, that would be great. So I think most of my inspiration comes from that, you know, just looking at these phenomenal people and people around me. I mean, it's all contextual, right? I, I, I don't want to be the richest person in the world. I'm sure uh, at least for me, that doesn't drive me. But what does drive me is CAD people around me, like very often I'll tell my friends also to, you know, if they're not happy with their job, I'll probably help them out, figure it out. Uh, because it's not about getting a better job. It's just being just like understanding what you really want and going after that. And so that's always driven me. I don't think that answers the question, but a part of that is just like going after what you believe in, thinking through how that can impact the future and executing on it. And any story that resembles close to that is very close to my heart and is inspirational for me. So you having spoken to so many people and so many inspiring people, what are some of the the, the patterns? It might be cliched. It's still fine. We still love <laughs> talking about cliched things, things yeah. that work. So what, what have you found personally uh, that yeah. got you into Ace, uh, to, to starting Ace and the Indian Silicon Valley podcast? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, I've always felt that what we are doing, again, I'll speak for you both as well, is not just like create content, which is like in, in a point of time, it's timeless. And eventually these become data points that you can perhaps map in some shape or form, right? Because amazing patterns emerge out of it. Uh, I think a couple of things, right? Uh, one being... Uh, there's a sense of bold ambition and not listening to people around you and belief in oneself that evidently stands out about the kind of with everyone that I've spoken to on such platforms that I've initiated, right? Because I mean, the, the kind of ironclad belief and almost always knowing what the end goal is backed by insane execution is what really stands out about some of these folks. And that is something that I really love. Uh, the second there would be, I love how the steady state for some of these individuals is disarray. 
now what i mean by that is you know it's not about the highs it's not about the lows uh, so nobody strives for that maybe one medal or maybe that let's say uh you know paper publication or anything of the kind or an award or a valuation announcement right or nobody is like sad when they are out and are down and out or they don't get dejected they, they come out stronger why because for them the steady state is persevering hustling ensuring they give it their all and enjoying the process so they don't win they don't have you know they have goals but they don't play for the outcomes they play for the journey and that becomes incredibly important i mean that's so so crucial to understand because sometimes very often we go after goals that we are not even sure we want and only to realize that at the end right and that is not as well directed and when you go after those kind of outcomes that doesn't do you any good because you're just chasing something blindlessly but if you can enjoy the chase that becomes incredibly important that's only a realization that's come with time and i think maybe next aspect it's it's the power of long term thinking right i think inevitably we're not taught that or let's say even compounding right we we can see it on paper we can see it with money but it's all the more difficult to achieve in personal life and i wouldn't have been able to speak with much confidence about it either unless i realized it right so i mean uh, with the podcast for the first 6 months i have maybe one or two unicorns on the show in, in the last 6 i've got 15 20 right so i mean that just tells you uh, i mean again getting the kind of guess being a pseudo metric of how the podcast has done that tells me how it's just compounded well and i couldn't have thought about it the first day but i wish i knew better where i could have so ideally now i know that if i do this for the next 5 years where can i take this right and that becomes incredibly important because i feel we're conditioned to go after things that give us uh, like in a world of instant gratification we just want to go after things that get done very easily we can see the results of the most difficult things are ones where you have to continuously be at it only to wait for the results which compound over a period of time and i feel if seeing that in person of doing the podcast and hearing that from multiple people wherein when we wake up one day we look at a tech crunch and we look at a valuation and we think it's a overnight success and that's not it when you talk to that person you realize that no this has been coming for the last 15 years we just couldn't see it and but the best part is they could yeah. and that's what differentiates them in ways that are almost unexplainable so i think uh, yeah i think these are some of the pointers that have really really stood out and these are things things that i try to practice as well now coming back to your preparation see what you're doing here can be very intimidating you're interviewing you uh, you know top ceos and cxos of unicorns billionaires to a uh, mostly so yeah. it requires a lot of preparation courage and this what is your remedy towards this because it can be a lot intimidating as well because you yeah. you're speaking to folks who have, who have achieved it for a million people yeah. altogether and they've impacted in way that which is really affected the way our citizens are living in these countries so yeah. what is your preparation what's your mindset towards yeah no i think this is something i've thought about hard uh, and i continue to as and when you know i want to understand about the kind of host i want to be right because if i i mean being a host is having the having the privilege of you know just being the voice of the audience right and i think that is so crucial and if if held loosely you're probably doing a disjustice or injustice to it right so i think uh, that has been one realization and early on i was very intimidated right because i used to talk to folks i was a, i was 21 when i started the podcast I used to feel like uh this is not it how am i going to do this and there were a bunch of obstacles one good thing along the way that i realized is age or anything of the kind or qualification does not have to go to the point where you start discounting yourself so i never at least now discount myself or count myself out right the next important thing which in fact a guest told me on my show uh, after what we were talking is that and this was this is invaluable advice that you know jivraj listen that people are probably going to listen to your podcast and come to tune in for one episode maybe because of a guest but they could have come again because of you and the show and once i heard that that almost changed the way i think right because it was not any more about me asking questions which is just uh, which is just question answers it was more about okay being out there putting my natural self out there unapologetically and just expressing myself in a way that could 
help the person as well, right? So I think that became my job and that uh, became another thing. And the next thing that I feel some people may not, and I might be completely wrong here, so completely personal advice uh, or opinion, is that preparation is not bad, right? So while I still in the previous answer or before this said that, let's say you have to be organic, you have to be candid. Preparation in no way, no way means theatrical. Preparation does not have to be restrictive. Preparation does not mean you're bound by something. Preparation only means that you want to present a good self that can optimize the value of the conversation, right? It doesn't have to in any way inorganically impact the conversation, right? And a lot of people pseudo, like a lot of people say that, okay, I don't want to prepare because it'll, it'll be theatrical. I don't want to be inorganic about it, but that's not it. I mean, preparation is the first start to anything. And I would probably be doing injustice if I went in without being prepared. So I think that meticulousness has stayed on from day one. And as I complete almost like a year and a half inching closer to my hundredth episode as well, there is not one episode that goes by where I feel I'm not given my hundred percent. And if it does happen, I do question myself because a, a lot of things keep coming up and it's very easy for me to templatize it. It's very easy for me to let it go. Uh, I, I, I'm sure and with the complete humility that I can express, I'm sure I can pull off a conversation with a founder for 50, 60 odd minutes without being prepared. But I don't want to do that. And just that's a choice I take. And I feel everybody owes it to themselves, not anybody else to be prepared so that you can fruitfully contribute to something. So, I mean, all of these factors have led to ha led me to have like a very stringent sort of process to going about it, uh, which basically entails having the discipline to research as much as possible, then curating the right set of questions, then going out of my way to maybe have a conversation with the guest before the show, uh, maybe going out of my way to talk to somebody else from their team to get deeper insights, maybe talk to another guest who already knows the one I'm going to host, right? Maybe doing all of these intangibles, which nobody asks me to do. I'm sure uh, founders also are occupied in their own stead and it won't make the difference of the world. But I can tell you with certainty that when I bring up something that is very personal to them that I have derived from maybe a conversation with a close colleague of theirs, they feel great. And that brings out the kind of insights and involvement from the guests that brings out great learning. So eventually the output significantly improves itself by virtue of the intangibles I can put into the position, right? So I think uh, that's been a part of the process and just trusting myself more has helped me keep uh, getting better at it and thinking about it as well. I, I know of people who will not think about it because it's going well, but the question you need to ask yourself is how better could it be? And all the time, no matter how well it goes. And yeah, I guess that's helped me through the I journey. I love the fact that you said about how uh, you don't want to templatize it. And uh, Pranab and I keep having conversations. We keep thinking about how to do it better, how to do it better. And we end of the day, we come up with, with the solution that, you know, let's go back to our code. What do we want to know about the person? And that's that's what we want to sort of work on. And that's beautiful how you, how you said that. And we've had our goof-ups through this whole process as well. And we've learned from it. Uh, so have you had any goof-ups that you've learned from? Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to start with that, right? <laughs> As you can relate. But uh, I mean, it, it's been plentiful in the sense that the worst one and that I feel incredibly guilty about was a 60 minute conversation where I did not turn on the recording. And I have <laughs> not had that guest again. That is still due. And I'm not going to reveal the name. <laughs> but uh, that was that hurt. I, I think this I'm is the first time. That. Uh, this is the first time probably saying it out loud to, I mean, like somebody as well, but that was like, but uh, <laughs> apart from that, I guess, uh, I, I guess it's been fine. There have been internet goof ups. There have been places that maybe I've not had backups, uh, right? Uh, almost every time before a show still, I'm like, you know, half an hour before I am jittery, not because I'm afraid, but because I'm so excited, challenged and, and in all the positive ways, right? So I think uh, that way it's been that uh, I've, I've written cold emails, gotten denied multiple times. I've cold called somebody as well, <laughs> a founder who has been on my show. And that was as rogue as I've been at one point in time. Uh, I have uh, 
gone after some people for 10 months in a respectful manner and achieved having them on the show to have some of the best conversations uh, not a goof up but uh, uh, that's been like uh, certainly in amazing in more ways than one but i've just derived that uh, joy out of doing it but yeah i think uh, these uh, the, the recording one stands out and the cold call i i never expected that's going to convert but it was more like why well, don't give it a shot because i was like what's the worst that can happen right i keep telling people around me this like a 5 five minute email to even elon musk doesn't hurt me but it gives me incredible upside right if yeah. he agrees yeah. so i mean why why not take those odds i think uh, Naval talks about this very well, right? Taking disproportionate risks, wherein your uh, downside is cap, upside is unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. And just go for the swing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Jivraj, so what's been your personal process like, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to understand your personal process on because you you're learning from all these folks. Like, hundred mm-hmm. episodes is a lot of content to process, methodologies to process. So. what's your personal process like how do you how do you prepare yourself what's your lifestyle like because you yeah. you have angel list you you're working on full time that's that's a heavy topic by itself which i'll come to later so what is your personal lifestyle like according to your work you do here yeah no i think uh, my friends don't like me a lot is the short answer there <laughs> because i probably never have time for them uh but i i started to realize how important that is as well and maybe that's for another time i just feel that there comes a time for everything and i've always the part of the process that maybe the audience does not get to see is the kind of time effort it takes right and how you custom to that is by building it into habits like i'm a strong believer of that so the way i've done that is yesterday was a friday night and today morning i was thinking for the last 80 90 odd weeks right every friday night is a been one wherein i edit my episode so that i can give it a launch on sunday yesterday i was unable to do that and i was questioning myself today is something wrong how do i cope up with it things like that right and it's about just blending it in because the fact of the matter stands that we don't forget to eat we don't forget to sleep we probably don't forget to take a walk or however somebody wants to stay up with their health but we do forget other things which are not a priority but if we can make it a priority by blending it in our habits right i think that does the trick so it's become a lifestyle for me at least with the podcast when it comes to work having just the balance comes from a lot of saying no right i mean that's the tough part where you can confidently agree to your own self and have that self power self control to go the extra mile i mean it's much like i'm sure you both will know better in terms of keeping a healthy lifestyle right just saying no to junk similarly just saying no to things which are not a priority to prioritize for the things that matter and if we can maybe do that uh, with that idea analogy i think that works but for me it's just been being keeping my head down understanding what's more important like right? knowing how i want to go about things achieve things in a more streamlined manner and just building out processes for the same so for instance with the podcast i know that with a full time job i want to be completely dedicated to it so i'm not going to do my podcast work unless it's research or anything of the kind in my off time during weekdays right which gives me the weekend for a complete devotion to the podcast which is when i'll put in research i'll prepare structured documents that i share with my guests i'll write cold emails i'll edit myself i'll ensure that you know the episode is out i'll post what not right so that becomes my routine for it and get that gets mingled with work i mean again the caveat there is i'm fortunate that a large part of my work also aligns decently well and intersects with what i'm trying to do with the podcast and that keeps me on my toes because i can stay curious stay intellectually honest to myself even at work and with the podcast because a large part of it if not a large a, a lot of it intersects which may not be the case for most people out there so i think i'm fortunate that way but uh, yeah just trying to be meticulous and saying you know when it matters and knowing to myself i mean it's very easy to i think i was having this conversation with somebody else it's very easy to fool ourselves right but uh, the day we start being true to ourselves and knowing if this is a priority i'm sure most people will figure it out at least i have been able to that's very much right and you know like you having a satellite view of how startups work because you're talking to the the founders of all of that where do you see india going and where do you see this indian startup ecosystem going towards what are the industries okay 
answer that first then i'll come to which industries you're bullish about i think this is the best time to be a founder in the country the best time to let alone be a part of the story because so much of the innovation and value is being generated today and we'll be able to see the impact of it 10 15 years down the line right so uh, i have a quote in my room saying you could either watch it happen or be a part of it which is by elon musk and i mean being a part of it is what counts and why because think about the folks who were a part of the 2010s and the 2015s when the flipkarts of india were growing right and the fortune to have seen them breed the next generation of values and incredible output that we can produce as a country is just phenomenal so i think net net uh, the startup ecosystem is at the core of our country as progress it drives people it generates jobs it brings gives people purpose it gives people and shows them the the power of their actions which is so important because earlier it was more about what can one person do in a 10000 member organization and can we work at uh, the fangs of the world but today it's more about i can do the same job as a 10 member team and build like a you know 1 billion dollar company with time and that power that so many of the entrepreneurs of the country have believed us have shown us is possible that belief will now just keep having a ripple effect so i mean part of why i do the podcast is to ensure that the message goes out there to all nooks and corners of the world hopefully and definitely the country wherein each person can identify and be a part of this opportunity that we have in a unique way right because us and other ecosystems have matured and we are at that point where we are maturing we are seeing that j curve take off we are seeing everything blow up and to be a part of it is very important and that's the crux of the startup ecosystem because this has the best kind of people the best kind of ecosystem it's a positive sum game where everybody wants to uplift each other and it's not about bringing each other down it's a place where everybody supports each other and i keep saying this there cannot be a better time to be a founder operator investor what not right whichever way you want to involve yourself in the ecosystem or a podcaster who can cover the ecosystem so picking up from from that from the whole startup ecosystem what has uh, tell us about angelist and and yeah. you personally what you've been very what are the industries that you are bullish about certainly i think uh, angelist is again very fortunate i think luck has played a great role but i found myself here and i'm so glad they took a bet on me interestingly i remember the when i applied for the job it said that you know you need one to two years of experience and that's the criteria for application uh, me being me i went about it anyway <laughs> and i went overboard with my application wrote like lengthy things made a long video what not uh, got through uh, but coming back to the original question i mean angelist in very simple terms uh, democratizes startup investing because the way it would traditionally happen is that you would have to be supremely rich supremely connected and if then you were qualified you would have to go through a ton of operational trouble to actually make an investment in a company or be a part of the startup ecosystem right as an angel investor uh, or somebody who was connected but now what angel uh, angelist is done is that democratize that entire space so you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be the who's who of the world or the country right you can be somebody who's interested in adding value to a company may not have as much time but we built a platform that democratizes startup investing angelist in the us of course has done incredibly well to capture the entire spectrum of startups where it has products for founders for vcs for angels it has product hunt that we required it has jobs uh, portal in india in indian uh, where i work with angelist india venture uh, we basically you know have uh, products for angel investors syndicate leads which is to say that you know if somebody wants to expand their own personal investing practice how where do they go because in an offline world let's say if you wanted to invest alongside 10 of your friends and you wanted to get some incentive out of it or you wanted to you know just add on to that process it'd be very difficult to do because the operational troubles due to regulatory guidelines are a lot we make that process simplified so that in a nutshell without getting too technical from the top of the surface is what angelist does uh, my job there is in the venture operations team which in simplified terms means that i'm your guy if you need anything solved with the platform if you need to navigate it and if you want to know what more to do with it and utilize it to its best potential so i basically you know handle that part of the 
pie alongside a great team. We're twelve members in India. We're a budding team. A large part of the team is who inspires me as well. Who have become my mentors. And when I joined in, I was the youngest member to join. The second youngest after me was twenty-seven. We had like a five-six year uh, gap at the time. So just again, age just being a pseudo metric to in. tell you how much you know that impact would have been but i felt very fortunate to have come in and 14 months in i feel incredibly delighted with each passing day i remember thinking to myself after the first month of work that okay am i going to be as excited to get up every day at 7 and still do this a year down the line and the answer remains yes and i think that speaks volumes of how much i enjoy it personally i think i get motivated by things i know very little about and things i get the opportunity to learn more about Uh, and so things like uh, SaaS as an industry, right? I think I love purely because maybe I don't come from a software background. And when I look at these emerging technologies, it just fills my heart with joy. And also, perhaps I'm biased because uh, the name of the podcast, Indian Silicon Valley, comes from the fact that I believe that we're going to build global products. The genesis of that is primarily through the SaaS ecosystem. And so that motivates me when I see like a very young team building software from India. for the world with enterprises from across geographies using that product i think there is nothing that gives me more joy than that uh, of course other emerging technologies that i am personally bullish about uh, are the new brands of india that are going to come about as uh, an avid consumer of products that i love and new ones uh, uh, i think uh, it's just an amazing story how new things are coming up uh, from a futuristic standpoint i think india is going to be great in web3 ai data a uh, clean tech right we're not there yet as an ecosystem in web3 and other things we are still like uh, almost the leaders in the world right we're getting there we're not much behind than the leaders uh, in things like clean tech ai we we probably still getting there but those are definitely the technologies of the future uh, personally i get really excited by healthcare is one thing as well but healthcare and uh, primarily d2c and saas which are very diverse in nature but <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> Yeah, uh, that 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 does teach us a lot. So, um, you know, a question that a lot of us have, even a lot of our audience have. Firstly, I also have. Yeah. How do we become angel investors? Like, like you know, you have angel yeah. investors, but do we have to be a founder, or do we have to have X amount of money to become an angel investor? How does that work? So, according to the very strict definition of SEBI, and without getting into technical, you have to approve to a couple of guidelines, right? I'm happy to share that. We can put it in the show notes, but you need to. Fulfill a particular criteria because purely because it is a decent, decently risky asset class, right? So SEBI wants to safeguard the investors and the kind of folks participating. But as long as you fulfill the criteria, anybody could be an angel investor, and that that does have a couple of qualitative ones. So I can tell you, I could be one if I wanted to as a twenty-three-year-old working at Angelist. Uh, similarly, other folks who are in the works. And understand startups to some degree and extent, and fulfill the criteria should definitely be a part of it. Because I think another a friend of mine gave it the perfect ideology is that it's the best way to learn. Because there are only so many things we could do, right? And part of that is uh, a limited experiences that we can have. But you could be a part of somebody else's experience and learn from those, enjoy those, cherish those, be a part of those moments by uh, being an angel investor in a company or two or however many and depending upon your risk appetite right so i think it's one of the best gifts one could do it's a almost like a it's a, an mba but only a better version because you get to learn from real people real journeys that are happening instead of being a, in a classroom of course no disrespect to an mba but uh, the fact that you know that parallel stands strong in how to become an investor so the technical answer there is you need to fulfill some criterion then you can go to one of these platforms hopefully angel list uh, and uh, eventually you know start investing or if you know somebody who's investing in your immediate circle you could directly be on the cap table by investing directly uh, that has operational troubles in terms of signatures what not and cap table integrations which are Uh, a bit out of the spectrum. I mean, we'll get to technical, but I think that is always an option as well. But uh, definitely keep it on your radar because I think investing in the Indian ecosystem is definitely one of the largest opportunities, not just qualitatively but also quantitatively for this entire decade. And everybody ought to at least take an informed decision whether or not to be a part of it, uh, let alone be a part of it. So the wisdom is not be a part of it, but at least know enough. 
where you can take an informed decision what what are your famous uh, i mean favorite uh, podcast that you listen to and if you had a dream guest uh, that you wanted to get on yeah it, it could be a couple of them yeah. <laughs> uh, i'd probably have to then email you my google tasks uh, list of my bucket list but uh, for the sake of i mean uh, the conversation i think um, i i love listening to podcasts and i i have to do that to be very honest right the more you create the more you should consume is a definite avid belief and the other way seems right so if you're only consuming create if you're only creating consume and uh, that uh, adage definitely stands for me the best ones uh are this podcast called think fast talk smart by matt abrams uh that's one guest i've had on the show and that was a bucket list one so i feel incredibly proud of that and that is one conversation i will not forget but i feel it's amazing because i i found this realization late right so when i started a podcast i realized it's important to understand how we communicate and it's almost ironical how we never do that right in daily lives if you think about the activity we do the most we probably sleep the most and we probably talk the most right and we never think about both of those things i mean that's prompted me to understand more about how i sleep and understand more about my sleeping habits while at the same time think about how i communicate i could only do that because i was talking on a show right and i had to but i feel everyone irrespective of what they do you don't have to be a founder you don't have to be a vp you don't have to be a podcaster you don't have to be a spokesperson to think about how you communicate and this is not oration i mean people often confuse communication with oration or public speaking this is purely communication right which is very important to understand more about so i feel mad does an incredible job on the think fast talk smart podcast uh, i love the knowledge project and i think uh, uh, that is by shane parish yeah. i don't think i could survive without it and that is one thing that just makes me think beyond what i'm already doing because uh, i mean creating can often tend to come in the way of building like a bubble around you right like you are only restricted to your ecosystem and especially with something that i do because like i mean it's all related to entrepreneurship which i love but i mean it's easy to get consumed uh, just by it so i try to make an attempt to go beyond and the knowledge project does an incredible job at it and then a couple of other ones are like the hidden brain is one podcast which is on psychology uh and i love 20 minute vc i wouldn't be worth my salt if i wouldn't mention it uh and uh, masters of scale so the ending with those cliche ones but these are my top 5 and i recommend at least the first two everyone irrespective of you being like a pol science major or history major or entrepreneurship or an athlete what not right everyone should listen to those two if you get the time uh on the second part i think on my dream guess a bunch of them but on the top of that list is brian chesky of airbnb i mean i've heard him a lot to know exactly what i'm curious about and ask uh, even if i met him right now <laughs> so i mean i've heard him too much that way and i feel it's very understated what he's been able to do because of how they started and what they've been able to achieve and especially his background he's a designer so i mean i mean that stands out uh, but yeah beyond that i mean the usual suspects of uh, from india i definitely love to chat with uh, dipinder goyal uh, the zomato co-founder i think uh, it's lovely what they've been able to establish uh, and maybe one day the founder of infosys as well like either Uh, either one of them nandan nilikini uh, or the others right i mean mohandas pai or i have spoken to mohandas pai once but uh, i'd love to speak with nandan nilikini because that story stands out but uh, yeah those are those are the ones that i definitely want to someday host uh, we have a couple of closing questions that we uh, want to sort of tweak it since you're a fellow podcaster and and a creator and a consumer as well what would you tell someone who who's trying to probably start a podcast or something that you just want to put out into the world for your listeners in five words start don't think a lot <laughs> that's one uh, but once you've decided to start maybe be more deliberate about thinking of the differentiated value you want to provide because i i think somebody again this is borrowed wisdom where somebody told me that uh, starting a business has never been easier but growing one has never been more difficult uh, which is to say that you don't want to start something only to realize later on that your heart was not in it because podcasting can tend to definitely get you know it's it's a very compounding oriented process it's not something you want to start and leave 
uh, it gives a lot but only after you realize why you're doing it and it's difficult to realize all of that post uh, starting right so i would encourage you to think decently hard not too much in being not being hard upon yourself not to the extent where there is lack of action uh, so that's also there but uh, just be because a, it's the best gift you can give yourself i mean forget what anybody says i truly believe that the best benefactor of my podcast is me and i say that out with utmost pride and as i i don't know call me selfish if you have to but i can't help it right i have been the best benefactor but what you can do having been the best benefactor is give it your all to ensure everybody benefits as much if not more that you have done right and to get into that process you have to be all in right people do podcasting for a lot of reasons i think the best one stand out where you are self involved to the extent that you love it and you enjoy each bits of the process and not just the gluey parts i mean the caveat to somebody starting there is also don't just look at the fact that maybe a harry stebbing is talking to a decacon every day right now understand that that guy has done it for the last 6 years where he's produced three episodes every goddamn week right so it's no easy task as simple as that he now has a team but i'm sure when he started he does not did not so there's going to be a lot of grunt work you have to put in and so having realized all of that if you still think that doing that podcast is going to be something that you'll do for free as a favor to yourself and you would be the one who would consume that content day in day out definitely do it right so i think yeah. that's that's something that i'd like to leave that's that's called in your jivrajan that's that's something that we also have a very similar thought process and i'm i'm glad i resonate that and uh, to be very honest there's a lot we're going to take back from this podcast and we've learned a lot from you today and so quite humbled uh, to have you on board our episode here and thank you so much for giving your time and really appreciate what you've done so far and uh, we can close with that thank you so much pranav and janesh i think uh, this was absolutely fantastic i love the chemistry you both have i've always wondered what it means to be co-hosting an episode <laughs> so i think uh, it's been phenomenal to be a part of one and thanks for all that you both are doing i think incredible work on the podcast and really it's been my pleasure to be on the show thank you thanks. thank you thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast you can follow us on instagram for all our latest updates until next time signing off this is pranab and my co-host janish <laughs>